You are listening to the My First Period podcast and today we talk all about education, period poverty and sanitary products with Rachel Hatley. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the My First Period podcast with me, Lucy Evers, and my extra special guest today is fashion writer, film photographer and all-round good egg, Rachel Hatley! Oh, I want that intro every time I walk in a room, please. That was lovely. <laughs> we have chatted about this a few times, but we're now doing this for real. So we had a conversation about our opinions. We're as friends, we are very period vocal people. Would you agree? Period vocal. That's I love that term. Let's use that. <laughs> we chat a lot about periods and I mean we're just very open as people, I suppose. Yeah. So let's kick off with the story of your first period. Let's start there. Well, it's an interesting one because originally when you when we spoke about doing this, I was like, oh, I'm not sure mine's that interesting. Nothing really special happened. But actually, as we got talking about it, we sort of realised that my first period experience, the difference with mine to other people's perhaps, is that it came so late. Um, I was 17 when I had my first period. So that's kind of the part that... I think I might talk about most during this because that's the bit that really probably affected me the most. The actual period, the day that it happened, was very untraumatic (laughs) and very like just very normal because by that point I had heard all the horror stories, I'd seen all my friends go through it, my mum had been warning me for at least six years what was going to happen. So I was fully aware of what to expect. So when it actually happened, I was in my bedroom, so I wasn't even in public, so it was very, very lucky. I was in my bedroom, and I got really bad tummy cramps, and I thought, hang on a minute, I know these signs, this is what I've been warned about, here we go. And then I looked in my knickers, and there was blood in there. And I went running down to my mum in the kitchen, and I said, mum, it's survived, (laughs) almost like this massive relief. Me and my mum have a really close relationship, and we've always been able to talk about these things. So I showed my mum the blood in my knickers, and she was like, yep, that's it, good. That's one ticked off the box then, finally. (laughs) So really, the actual experience of it starting was very almost comforting. Um, It was a big relief. My mum was there with me. I was at home. So that bit was lovely, but it was more the run up to it that was the part that really affected me because, like I said, all my friends had started. There was even stuff like being said about me at school, like, oh, is she even a girl? Oh, will she ever start it? Oh, you're not a woman. Um, Like, not necessarily like overly nasty. There was nothing that really upset me, but it was definitely like a big stigma around the fact that I hadn't started. Yeah. And I feel like there was only one other girl in my year who I knew of who also hadn't started. So really it was, it, it was, uh, sort of portrayed as something really weird and it was I was made to feel weird because of it um, but that's something that I would really like to explore because actually since being more vocal about periods and stuff with other people I've noticed that actually a lot of people start quite late and it's not always the case of starting when you're younger. That was something that when we first spoke about it as someone who was younger it really, it shocked me. It really surprised me. So I was like 12, 13. So for me, it was like, oh my God, you started that late. And I think, I think my actual initial reaction was, 
wow, aren't you lucky that you didn't have it when you were a teenager? And then we started having a conversation more about it. And I thought, no, but that's not the case because you had the, you had the, the run up bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was embarrassing and it was at school, but I was young and I got over that embarrassment quite, kids are resilient. So you get over that embarrassment quite fast. Whereas yours was drawn out for want of a better phrase. Yeah, in a funny way, it's a tricky one because there's pros and cons. And you weren't the first person to say that I'm lucky either. So like, don't feel bad because actually I've had so many people like, oh my gosh, you're so lucky. And in a way, I completely agree because I had basically finished high school. So I think it was, I was just finishing off doing my GCSEs when it started. Um, And it was coming up to the summer. So I had basically gone through the whole of high school without having a period, which is really lucky. I mean, I'm not naive to that fact because I watched all my friends having to run to the toilet and having to, you know, especially if we had male teachers, they were a lot less understanding um, about having to get to the toilet quickly or having to go home because they were just in so much pain. Uh, And also it's all new to you when you're that age. Like when I'm on my period, you know what to expect. Yeah. I think all my friends going through that it was different every time sometimes they were three they went three months without one then they'd have like one for two weeks that was really heavy and I was sort of watching all of this anticipating it so although I do feel lucky that I didn't have a period during the whole of my high school experience because I really think that would have been the thing that pushed me over the edge to be quite honest (laughs) I think the anticipation of it did play a part however I actually think it helped me to prepare for it because like I say, I watched everyone else go through it. I saw all the horror stories and I just knew what to expect. Like I almost had this six years of preparation and almost vicariously having a period through all my friends every month, which I do feel very grateful for. And I actually feel like if schools had like a proper curriculum in place where they had like a module where they talked about this openly most girls would feel how I did by the time mine came because I completely knew what was going to happen so you'd had you'd kind of had an edge so it should probably mention you went to an all-girls school so I did yeah I suppose that's a that's a, a brand new for me that would be a brand new way of experience something like that so yeah you're in a position where we're not saying here you were the last one to start out of 15 girls you were the last one to start out of out of a whole year which is I don't know how many people there were on your year but it's rather than just being a class you're of like a a vast amount of girls so being in an all-girls school that hearsay and that bigging it up doesn't get happened because there's nobody else around to filter that conversation exactly conversation is in a good way, like you've just said, was great because you learned a lot and it, it taught you a lot about your period before it even started. Yeah. But yeah. isn't it a shame that it was your peers that had to teach you that and not somebody of, like an, like an adult? Yeah, no, for sure. It, it was funny because obviously a lot of my friends started a similar age of, like you, like between 12 and 14. So I, they was, well, I mean, they're all thrown in at the deep end because before that you don't really get told about, you know, that you're going to bleed every month or your mum might have said something to you or you've noticed that she uses tampons or pads. What are these sort of thing? But no one really gives you like the, the true 
hardcore facts I feel like it's always very like you know like what with what you've been through with your endo I bet no one told you that that was even an option or a possibility that could happen no that wasn't even a conversation when I I first heard about endometriosis I genuinely think I'd seen you in the morning and then went home and was just scrolling Instagram scrolling like you did and came across Venus who is another guest on this and she was doing an Instagram live or some kind of Instagram story thing about she just had surgery and she was having a whole conversation with it about the pain and everything that she'd gone through and she listed these few things pain during sex ridiculously heavy periods not just a heavy period like a, a very mm-hmm. an unusually heavy period that you'd get uh, spotting after sex that you were experiencing moments of depression like literally this list as long as your arm she i can't remember them all off yeah. the top of my head but the list was just endless and i thought yeah i've experienced probably all but one of those things so one of the yeah. things is i think it's uh, it's diarrhea and 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 constipation and at that point I hadn't experienced any of that in the last few months I have but yeah at that point luckily I hadn't experienced any of it and I would never have heard that word until she said it yeah I heard that word at school that was never a conversation that was had so my mum and quite a few family members it turns out have experienced endometriosis but because we live in this society and it's not because they're being malicious because we live in this society where it's not spoken about, no one told me that this was an option. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's something that's so interesting. And like going back to the point about me being at an all girls school, obviously I'm lucky in the fact that it was, we, well, I think we had one lesson on it, <laughs> but like one lesson's better than none. But yeah, we did have a lesson on it. And I still feel like so much more could have been done. Like it was an all girls school like every pupil was identifying as a female and I just feel like not enough was done to help us go through those things like there was never any I know like this is a law that's come through in a couple of countries in the UK now but like uh sanitary like emergency sanitary products in toilets in the girls school is absolutely essential because when you are this is we're not talking about women who have been having a period for 20 years at this point this is all new and the amount of times people forgot pads or tampons or whatever they were using was obviously really common and you're a child still like you're you're still a child and it was just expected that you'd had to get on with it from from, and we're talking about 10 to 16 year olds here but that, that was general consensus and this is including teachers that if we needed to go to the toilet you had to wait until the end of the lesson now if you have a tampon in and you you last changed it before you left for school and you get the bus to school that's been in you for like at least four hours yeah I just find it unimaginable that that like that happened that's not your decision to go I I can wait to go to the bathroom it's you yeah. have no choice but to sit in here and wait. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're not concentrating. You're worried that your tampon's falling out or that you're spotting or bleeding on the chair, which happened. Yeah. Like, it really did. Then your education has taken a setback because of something that was naturally happened to you, happening to you that an adult decided they didn't have time for. Exactly. And I feel that happens so many times. I think we should mention we are, quote unquote, lucky in the fact that we live in, in the UK. 
And yeah. we are lucky that these things are in a local chemist, but period poverty lies with a lack of education, a lack of resources mm-hmm. and a lack of monetary funds in order to go and purchase these products. 100%. And I, there wasn't an option. I mean, I don't know about your school, but there wasn't an option in my school to run to the nurse and go, have you got a pad? Have you got a, no. I had, I, on when I started my first period, I had to get my pad off of my drama teacher. Yeah. I didn't have anything with me. And it's not for my mum's, you've met my mum, she's a great human being. Not because she didn't want to help me, it's that she physically couldn't. I was in school, yeah. what are you going to do? So I think it's it's the point that if you're lucky enough to be in a, in a circle or a situation where somebody can give you a hand, mm. you shouldn't feel ashamed or upset to take that help. And I think that's where a lot of it lies in, especially in schools, maybe not so much if you're like a, like in your 20s when you start because of that it does happen yeah. and when you're in yeah. school I think you feel ashamed of asking for help and ashamed of like you would whisper around class and be like has anybody got has anybody yes. got a pad like yes. how would you whisper like I know. No, oh, hide it up your sleeve we said this didn't we like you would hide yeah. it up your sleeve and do you remember you could get those little tins that you could hide your pads in and it was just the like pattern on them ever they were always ugly why am I hiding this in a girls' school when we're, we're, we're all menstruating for somewhat? Obviously, yeah. I at the very end, but like at least it's all something that we perhaps would be going through. And it's not just... And I, oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just like saying again, I mean, I know not everyone goes to a girls' school, but that's re- where my real gripe is. Not that I know of, there was no provisions in place for anybody who came on while at school. And that's something that just, like, still to this day just really annoys me. And if there was, and I didn't know about it, why didn't I know about it? Yeah. You obviously didn't make it obvious enough. Because I could, like, if a teacher came forward now and was like, oh, no, we did, we had, like, sanitary towels in our drawer, you could always ask. No one knew that. No. no one was told so it's all well and good that there were sanitary towels in the first aid office or whatever but if you don't if you haven't told any of us then we're not going to know to ask are we and also if it's like if you've just started then that's the most was perceived as embarrassing at the time that's the i think that's the thing that is really where the crux of this lies is that it's it's, yeah. it's the shame around it it's the yeah be embarrassed people people are embarrassed about all kinds of things you, embarrassment is is a gut instinct and you can't stop that but why is there why is there shame around i always say this phrase and it may not be true but in my head it makes sense it's more common to menstruate than it is to masturbate so why do we talk about masturbation all the time and not talk about menstruation why is there that disconnect between those two things because i was i was embarrassed when i was a kid but i am a gutsy enough human being I mean, maybe it's just the way I've been raised. I wasn't ashamed of it after, yeah, the first few oh, years. Yeah. I was I was absolutely mortified at dance shows, at like performances. I'd like not go to dance class because I had to wear a leotard. And I'm yeah. ashamed of that. Be embarrassed, that's absolutely fine. When the shame creeps in, there's, a, there's an underlying issue there. And the difference is, I think, is embarrassment is a personal feeling and shame is a feeling that's been placed upon you. And embarrassment, like you say, is a natural gut instinct. But if if you are embarrassed about something, yet you feel you can talk to somebody about it, the embarrassment is instantly halved. Shame comes from other people placing that upon you. Yeah, you don't feel shame in your about like about yourself. That's always come from an outside source, and I think that's the thing that uh, stops a lot of people being vocal about this because of the stigma that is placed around it. 
Yeah, totally. Do you think as someone that went to an all-girls school and someone that was uh, started their period slightly later in your teenage years, do you think that's had a hold or an, like a, uh, an overriding impact on your experience now as, as an adult who bleeds? I think yes, but not, not too much of an extreme. The only time I can really feel like that really affected me was because, although I didn't go through high school having a period, I then went through college having periods. Now, that is what I found really difficult. So I had my first period as I was doing my GCSEs. I left high school and I went to college in the September. So by this point, periods were all new to me. And everyone who I was now in college with had been doing it for at least, let's say, two to six years previous. Yeah. Um, then I still had very, like, probably uh, simple questions that I was asking. Girls that were in my class were helpful to an extent but also some of them were just really awful people as well <laughs> but like I, it was hard to find people to talk about it with who are my age yeah. and I often went back to my mum and I'm very lucky that I have the mother that I have because she's incredible all of these things have always been a very open conversation between us and my dad as well like I can always talk about these things with him too so I'm very lucky that I have that but if I hadn't have had that I really do wonder where any of my advice and help would have come from because I found college quite an isolating place and I know that's a personal thing and not everybody goes through that but I'd gone through the whole of high school not having a period until the end and then I'd started college and it was all new and I didn't really have anyone my age to talk to about it and I quite often just didn't really know what I was doing. Like, obviously, putting a pad in is really simple. But when it's new to you, in the toilet, like, oh, my gosh, I don't really like doing this. And like, am I taking it out right? Is there a special ratio for doing it? And like I said, I could, I asked, I talked to my mum about this very openly. But it would have been nice to have had, I don't know, like, even just simple things up in the girls' toilets. Just like, if you need any help, if you need some emergency products, go to this place for them and I think that in the high school too I just don't understand why that wasn't a thing isn't that interesting because until you've said that I don't think that's ever entered my head I don't I genuinely don't ever think I've thought there should be a poster in a bathroom why isn't yeah. there that's not until you said that just then I'm like I'm a little gobsmacked I don't know why I've never thought of that before well I think because it's just never been a thing <laughs> no that's a, like why is that why do we get taught how to put a condom on a cucumber when some people yeah. never use that skill ever? I've never used algebra, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, why are we taught these things that are, for some people, completely null and void and are never going to yeah. make a difference to your life? Whereas every person with a uterus, well, the vast majority of people with a uterus, unless you have an underlying condition, bleeds. Why isn't there a poster in your school toilet? Maybe that's something. Just, like, a dollar idea, Rach. <laughs> I know, well, I'm going to pattern it. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like a poster would have been so helpful. And just to say, like, like literally three columns, how to put a pad in your knickers, how to insert a tampon correctly, and probably not so much when we were in high school, but perhaps now how to insert a moon cup correctly. Yeah, our generation, they're brand new. Oh, yeah, 100% brand new. I mean, I've still never tried one. It's just funny. I feel like there's all also, like, even now I'm a woman and I still worry about that because what if I can't do it properly yeah. and I'm sure that has come from never being taught in school how yeah. to insert these things properly yeah and now there's a fear and honestly 
I basically just use pads because I just don't know how to insert the other two. It's that inherent thing, like in in my school, I didn't go to a girls' school. We had a meet, we had an assembly in school, and all the all the girls of my year were sat down. And two of the people in my year had got a pad and stuck it against the toilet door and like scribbled over it in red, in red pen. And yeah. it was like unacceptable that that had happened. And I kind of sat there and was like, but you've never spoke to us about this. Yeah. Never. So this is kind of a rebellion. You've never mm-hmm. ever sat down and spoke to any of us about this. Obviously, that's not how you put a, tam- a pad on. Obviously, we're not silly yeah. here that's kind of a, well, you're not telling me how to do it. So I'm going to throw a paddy because they're teenagers. They need that basis of, of education of, and yet we, like we say, we're still lucky. We still live in the UK and you do get a blanket sex education. Very, it's very, very minimal, but it's, there's at least some kind of experience there. Or at least there's a conversation in the playground. Do you know what I mean? There's at least yeah. there's at least hearsay. Those are like oh terrible. Level. I remember Pete when like someone first told me like about being eaten out and stuff, and I was like, people do that, and, <laughs> <laughs> and now I don't think anything of it. But obviously at the time, I was like, oh my god, like it was just like the things that would come out. Yeah, honestly, it, it's never like um an actual educational conversation it's like oh. some your friend has had sex with a boy and it's just the most ridiculous story about what what they did and it's never what actually happened <laughs> in a girl's school that just would have been heightened because our and school was at, we didn't even have bike sheds or anything in our school my school was quite new it was like a, a newly built school so there wasn't everything was built so i think you could be watched <laughs> <laughs> no one could ever not see nothing yeah my head teacher was not stupid I don't think but our uh so ours was I don't know what what yours would have been called I suppose it's civics or ours was called personal development education like yeah ours was like p-s-h-e-e or something personal yeah. social something 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 <laughs> it had like a weird a weird phrase and yeah. our PDE teacher was actually one of my mum's friends. So I felt quite comfortable, luckily, going and asking for her help and asking for her advice. I, I yeah. was very lucky that I had that. I felt really comfortable asking my mum for advice. And I didn't have any, like you've said, I didn't have any particular friends in school that I could ask for advice, but I had people outside of school that I felt comfortable yeah. talking to. But there's that thing of why can't you say to the girl next to you, Oh, I've just come on my period and like, can you, can you give me a hand? Yeah. Where whisper or you'd run to the toilet or I, I knew, I knew people that use socks for God's sake. I used to like, if I'd forgotten, I would just roll up um, toilet roll over and over and over and put that in my knickers. And then like, when I'd be sat at a lesson, I'd just be so still and like, I wouldn't be able to move. Cause I was thinking if I move, this thing's going to fall out in front of yeah. everyone. Because we had to wear skirts as well. That's a whole nother topic, that one. <laughs> because we didn't have to, my school, we didn't have blazers. We didn't have ties. We didn't have anything like that. We had yeah, yeah. comfortable uniforms that were like jumpers, polo shirts, and you could wear trousers or skirts or shorts. You could wear, as long as you weren't, as long as your whole backside wasn't out, you could more or less yeah. wear what you wanted. Whereas that's a whole other thing. We were allowed to wear trousers in the winter. Right. 
but most people didn't like they wore just really thick tights with their skirts actually our uniform was like I used to think it was horrendous at the time but it would be so in style right now because we had like <laughs> little pleated tennis skirts with like a sporty jumper which is like all over Pinterest at the moment so I might whip out my old school uniform but <laughs> actually our school wasn't even the worst in the borough there was another school uh, just down the road from us who they were only allowed to wear skirts never trousers I can't even I, I don't actually think I think I wore a skirt once in I mean I'm very tall and I was always yeah. very tall in school and I was always very conscious of that fact so I didn't I never wore skirts because if I wore a skirt I wore it for two months and then it was too short so it was yeah for, for me and my mom it was like well it's just a waste of money isn't it whereas you can buy a pair of trousers and take the hem out a couple of times and you'll be fine exactly. I don't still don't wear skirts or dresses now when I'm on my period yeah yeah and it's you know what Liz, at that school down the road from us still have that rule in place that's disgusting they're still only allowed to wear skirts that's a conversation all of itself that even, yeah. even rules like that ha exist like imagine imagine being someone who's struggling with your identity or struggling with your exactly. you don't think you sit in that quote-unquote traditional female presenting side of things yeah, exactly. imagine having to go to school every day in a skirt exactly and bleeding exactly. in a skirt knowing that this is not how you identify. Exactly. I think about that all the time because when I visit home, sometimes I see the girls, like if it's a weekday, I see the girls going to school and I just think, how have they still got that rule in place? Like you're, that you can only wear this pleated skirt in that school. And that's also an all girls school. It's interesting yeah. to point out. It's such an interesting topic. Like I've seen a couple of girls coming out of my old high school now and they're, I think they've changed it a little bit because they do now. I, well, I've just noticed that a lot of them wear trousers now. Um, so I think it's trousers or skirts, which makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah. Like I said, we were allowed to wear trousers, but mainly only like in the winter months, really. Right. Um, and I if it was really cold. But even then, like, I still feel the same. I mean, there were, there were girls in our high school who didn't feel that they were they wanted to present as female anymore and we also had girls from the lgbtqia plus community who felt that a skirt didn't suit their identity and i know that this brought up quite a lot by us but i actually started a petition about it while i was in high school like it was just a stupid issue to be fighting even at that time especially yeah. now i think now there's a lot more i mean we're both coming from a, a female presenting point of view yeah I think me and you both consider ourselves an ally 100%. I can't imagine I've always been someone who's been quite androgynous with her address I don't yeah. wear a lot of I wore a dress the other day and I think everyone was really surprised it's not like oh, it's very pretty um that's something that in school I think I think even the phrase all girls school don't yeah. you think that phrase is slightly problematic now I mean it's always been problematic yeah. it's more spoken about now it's more um easier to have a conversation about it now yeah and it's interesting because actually when I was talking about it earlier I kept saying all girls school my head was going but not everybody identified as a girl there yeah. and then I didn't know what else to say because what other term is there to use to describe a, a school that is uh let's say set up for for one gender yeah but it does not mean that everybody there feels that they are that gender and that um, they are forced into that world it probably heightens their their that emotion and that feeling even 
100%. And I feel like we had certain lessons that were there because it was a girls, I'm going to use the term girls school for now, only because I just don't know what other term to use. There were certain lessons that were there purely because it was a girls school. So like for GCSE, you could take childcare. Now that wouldn't be in a, in a mixed school or a boys school. However, that doesn't mean to say that boys wouldn't want to learn about that. Also, we had to do textiles for the whole time we were there. Um, so we had to learn how to sew because it's an it's a good skill and I managed to sew a cushion up the other day so it came in handy but my point is why is that only a lesson at a girls school and that wouldn't be a lesson at a mixed school yeah I, um, never, had those. I never had those lessons I mean perhaps I'm not maybe that there maybe there are now but I just thought I think definitely at the time that I was at the high school that those lessons were there because we were girls but isn't that funny that those lessons are objective or oh, oh, they're 1950s rules let's be real here yeah. they were probably in place with then and they've stayed in place that long and yeah. I'd, I'd be interesting to find out if they were still in place mm. but it's interesting that those things and like woodwork would be considered a male yeah you like isn't that yeah. interesting that those things are in place but there's no lesson for menstruation but exactly. everybody in that school had a uterus doesn't that blow your this mind my exact point and it and I'm not saying that textiles and childcare were useless because they weren't I did both for you they were great uh, that's exactly what you wanted yeah I wanted to do childcare anyway so that I'm not disputing that point I'm not saying it shouldn't have been there but perhaps what I'm saying is perhaps that they should be lessons that are carried out through all schools then because I tell you it's coming real handy when I put a hole in the jeans yeah. so I'm not disputing the fact that the lesson wasn't um important because it was but I just find it very interesting that childcare and sewing were placed into a girls only school and not in a mixed or boys school because I never had that I would have loved yeah. to have had I've I never come across anybody else who has either. No, I mean, there was only, in my borough, as far as I'm aware, there was one or girls school and one or boys. As far as I'm aware, I think there was only, and it was the same school, but the buildings were split in half. As far as I can remember, right, yeah. none of the schools that I knew of had that. We had food and cooking and we had design and technology. Yeah. And that was it. There was no, and I would have loved childcare. I would have loved to have done something like that in school. Isn't that interesting that that wasn't an option for a mixed school? Exactly. Even, because even rather than um, compulsory, just an option. An option. Yeah, exactly. And this was an option for GCSE. So it wasn't compulsory, but it was definitely there because it was a girls school. So I realised this is about periods, but I just feel like it actually all ties in because I yeah, think totally. that, that's the point where period poverty really really gets into schools and that's where really the shame comes from because wouldn't it have been interesting if in textiles you learned how to make reusable pads yes exactly i was talking to someone that i worked with a little while ago and i had run out of pads and the ones that i'm very lucky that my workplace have stuff in the bathroom i mean i think it's so we don't go home but it's so everyone's okay i think that's more of a point but i mentioned that i'd run out and the ones that there were only tampons left in the bathroom and I was like, I, 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 I don't, I can't use them. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. But if it means that you're going to have to go home or it means that you're going to bleed through your knickers. Like I say about the moon cups, I just can't even fathom using one because I have such a fear of even placing it in. Now let's not be funny. Other things have been placed in my vagina. <laughs> so why do I feel funny about putting something in that's going to help me when I'm 
on my period. Exactly. As two people that are quite quite eco-conscious people, I think we both are, and and the products that we use are generally geared towards being green. For sure, yeah. But that's probably the greenest you can be. And neither of us, like the thought of that, I can't even think about it. No, I know. I can't. I tried it once. I was so uncomfortable the whole day. I'd obviously done it wrong, but I was yeah. too, I was too I was too ashamed to go up to someone that I knew used one and knew was wearing one there and now, and I was too ashamed to go up and go. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, and I honestly, like you said, I just think that stems from the lack of education and the stigma that is placed on it from the moment you start, from the moment you're even told what periods are. I just think that is ingrained into people who bleed. I really do. That fear comes from the fact that there's no conversation. Yes. It's a taboo thing to even bring up. And I hate that. And it's happened to me at work before. Like, and so I'm a nanny. I look after children and I've taken them swimming before and come on my period that day. And like, I know when my period is going to start because I'm also on the pill, which is probably something to uh, mention as well. So I know exactly when my periods are going to start because I uh, decide when they start. But the thing is, I stopped taking my pill and my periods start about three days after, two to three days after. Right. And honestly, the morning that I don't take it, I think, right, my period will be in about two days. If it comes early, I am not prepared. And this is talking about like my last period. I literally did the exact same thing. And like my housemate, Sophie, I had run home from being out in town because I'd started to bleed. And Sophie was like, Sophie was like, but not in a mean way, but she was like, oh, but you know when you're coming on because you're on the pill. And I was like, and yet, I'm I've still managed to do this. Yeah. <laughs> As a 25-year-old woman, yes, I've still managed to do this. But that's where it's, think about how many clothes, I mean, you're someone that loves clothes. I know this. And anyone that follows you on Instagram, Ray of Style, <laughs> we know you love clothes. Think yeah. about the amount of pants and trousers we've just destroyed in life and nobody warns you that nobody no. tells you don't wear those trousers that week because you're going to ruin them i've yeah. lost so many lovely clothes because yeah i've been five minutes too late getting to the bathroom and yeah. those five minutes were the crucial five minutes that Always. like there was literally you think, God, if I'd been here half a second earlier. A, a good little tip from my mum that she's always told me, keep a bar of vanish in your cupboard and you can't go wrong. I love a mum tip. You know what? That woman's not wrong. That bar of vanish has got me through some tough times. By car. Mainly food spillages, to be <laughs> honest. A lot of curry sauce down my trousers. But yeah, also blood. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing, bicarb. I always have bicarb in the cupboard. Yeah. But they're things I, I learned because I ruined my favourite pair of jeans in school. Like, yeah. I think that's where the, the shame bit lies, that someone's yeah. going to point at you and laugh. Yeah. And isn't that upsetting that that's a reaction? That mm. from experience, it's mainly like catty girls and like immature lads. From my yeah. experience, that's where that emotion has come from obviously that's different for every single person but from my experience it's been oh my god she started a period yeah yeah the immature little year seven kid that doesn't know anything and it's like so why aren't why aren't the boys given that education as well exactly and it's funny you say that but even in a girl's school that still happened like like I say all the things that 
were said to me about not starting like oh you're even a girl oh my gosh how have you not started yet that's so weird like I've been on my period since I was 12 that's so crazy that you haven't even started and even though they weren't necessarily nasty things you remember them I remember them and it was just also adding fuel to the fire that was already in my head about why I hadn't started so like yeah okay I get it I'm different because I'm starting quite late but also it's probably 10 other girls in this year that also haven't started and you just haven't picked up on the fact that they don't go to the toilet very much and it was only because I was stupid enough well not stupid enough but I was honest about not starting you know I could have just said oh yeah I started ages ago and even actually funnily enough that reminds me near the end of high school I actually just told everybody that I'd started and I used to carry one of my like a a sanitary towel from my mum's uh, cupboard in my school bag to make it look like I was prepared because I was so done with people asking if I'd started or like making fun of me for not starting yet so I literally just was like just went in one day and I was like, oh, just so you know, I all started my period last night, so you can stop asking me about it now. And I was like, look, I've even got a pad. And, like, just tried to shut them all up. And I actually didn't start for another six months after that, I think. And that's such a shame that the ridicule of that yeah. did not only convince you to lie about it, yeah. you remember that upset. And I think that's why I was so keen to start this, is because I was lucky enough, my mum was a teacher, so there, she had some friends in the school, that I had someone literally to run to. And I avoided that whole day, that whole first day, I managed to avoid any other, like, teenager. I completely avoided them. I'm very lucky that that happened. But isn't it sad that that stayed with you this whole time? Exactly. That's why I wanted to start this, because I, I wouldn't want any other young menstruator to feel that, feel attacked by their Yeah, Because everybody's going to grow up to be completely different. And we are very lucky that we're beginning to live in a world where being different is is very slowly, but gradually becoming more accepted. The phrase, uh, not all women menstruate and not all people who menstruate are women. I think that phrase is becoming more common now, which I think is a yeah. brilliant, brilliant thing. Oh, definitely. It's a very important topic to be talking about because like we say, I went to a girls school but not everyone there identified as a girl. Yeah. And yeah, it was, and yeah, on our jumper, it said, blah, 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 high school for girls. And like I say, there was, I can't even, I mean, my experience was so nothing compared to what other people go through. And I can sit, I just want to talk about it purely because I know that there will be other people who have started their period really late. And if they went through anything that I went through, I just want to say like, you were not alone. I completely understand what that feels like. And although I can say like, oh, I was really well prepared because I'd I'd been experiencing other people's periods, perhaps it still hit me really hard when it happened. And then the move to college was really difficult because it was all new for me and everyone there had been doing it for ages. So although part of it is like, oh, but you had like six years period free when everyone else has six years plus on you yeah I agree and I feel somewhat lucky for that but also it's an experience that I just never really hear people talking about that if they've started I actually only know one other person that started even later than me so it's just not something that is widely spoken about and it should be 
do you think it had an impact of the fact that did you feel any less of a quote-unquote woman was that any of the like cattiness in school I definitely feel like that played a part but there were so many things that sort of contributed to that feeling mainly because I just hated the whole education system I never really fitted in with anybody like you know me I'm super goofy and like I'm such a little weirdo which was not a cool thing to be back in that time I understand that some people are like really badly bullied and I'm not, I'm not saying that but especially with my body my period was late I didn't get breasts until I was probably about 17 like properly really I just was such a late bloomer in general that I was often very babied in high school and like all the girls in my year were like oh it's baby rage like like I'd always be looked after but actually it was weird because um I feel like as an only child I'm like quite a independent person I know you're an only child too and you feel the same like I really don't I really wasn't in the mood to be babies because it's funny being an only child you're the youngest and the oldest all at once yeah to your parents at least um and I've always felt quite mature for my age so the fact that my body wasn't my body was always playing catch-up was a very odd sensation because I actually felt a lot older than I was mentally probably but my body was still very, I don't want to say like childlike, but it was just like my whole puberty experience just started way later. I think a lot of that probably had to do with my weight and I didn't eat very well while I was a teenager for many other reasons. So I think my weight played a massive part in why I started my period late. Right. But even with that put to the side, I do just think overall I was a really late developer. And I think even if I had been eating much better I still think I would have started late I think it was like somewhat genetic somewhat hormonal somewhat things I was going through at the time but also you can start really late purely because that's just what your body has decided is going to happen there's just no um information about that that just wasn't talked about and even though we had this like one lesson on what happens when you have a period it was so scientific it was like uh your wall will fall down and then you'll bleed it out and then you'll create a new wall if the if an egg isn't fertilized and that's that and I was like yeah but that's not I I already know that part I know the scientific thing the actual bleeding part was just like and then you bleed but we won't talk about that bit and then um if the egg doesn't get like they just We'll skip the bit about we're actually bleeding. Let's talk yeah. about what's happening in your uterus. I'm not looking in my uterus when I'm having a period. Like, that's the part I least needed to know, really. Obviously, yeah. I needed to know, like, I was ovulating or something. That's important. Oh, it was just such a silly... It was just all so silly. Do you know what I mean? It's just that's, very... That's interesting because I've, I have a... I think a lot of people have this now. But I have an app that tells me, that tracks my period. Yeah. Because yeah. I have endometriosis and my doctors need to know these things. So rather than just me having a piece of paper that I write it on, I have yeah. that because it's easier. I can look at the whole calendar at one go. It just It's just a lot easier to, to organize. I've learned more from that app than I ever did from school. That app tells me when I ovulate, that app tells me being, I don't know whether, I don't actually know whether this is part of endometriosis. I should probably try and find out. But ovulation, the two days, the two main days of ovulation are agony for me completely agony I cannot stand up and that's got nothing to do with my period so when someone obviously not like my friends but when someone else says oh well what's wrong with you 
I can't mm. go, I'm ovulating because that's not yeah. a, that's not a quote unquote traditional reason or a yeah. stereotyped reason to be in pain. But ovulation for me is agony, complete yeah. agony. And that isn't something that's spoken about. PCOS, endometriosis, that's not something that we have a conversation about. And that isn't something that everybody suffers with, of course. But there are over 800 million people that bleed. Every single day, there's 800 million people. And something like just under half of them are in period poverty. Yeah. So that's a lack of education. That's a lack of resources. That's a lack of money. That's a lack of running water and hygiene. That's a, that's, I mean, that's a whole world that really could have its, could have its own, show on it's a a far more detailed than I think we could ever go into so going back on your experience being somebody that bleeds do you think if you could go back and tell 17 year old Rach don't worry Mm. you're going to come on your period and ignore all of these people it's fine do you think you go back and have that conversation or do you think it's made you grow as a as a person I probably wouldn't do it as 17 year old Rach I'd probably do it as 14 year old Rach right and I think the reason for that is I feel like that was the first year that I started anticipating right Um, I still had like another three years to go until it actually happened so I think um 17 year old Rach already knew what to expect so it'd be a waste of time telling her I think 14 year old Rach really uh, was very anxious about starting her period because it seemed to be something that uh, yet again her body had sort of forgotten to do <laughs> right. um, and I feel like yeah I, I would probably just say it's coming but you've got a while to wait so rather than worrying about it for the next three years just enjoy not having it and when it comes you're going to be so prepared anyway that you'll be fine because I really then just spent three years, obviously not in constant worry, but it was definitely something that played on my mind. And so did all the other things that surround puberty as well. And I just, yeah, I, I would say, and I would just say, stop worrying, you've got another three years to go. Like, enjoy your time not having one. Getting rid of that, that, that future panic. Yes, yeah. And I think that's what I'd say to anybody now who is perhaps, li- is perhaps listening, who is younger and hasn't started or who is older and who hasn't started just do all do all the research you can so that you know what's going to happen when it comes but take back the power that you have now to just know that it will eventually happen and if it doesn't and you do need help from a, a medical side to it or anything like that that can all be sorted yeah but just just relax I guess (laughs) stress is such a factor when it comes to menstruation such a factor I know I've been stressed in the past January you'll probably remember I had three periods in a month because I was so stressed so yeah that's such a that is that is great advice to yeah it's it's scary but enjoy it while you don't have it because when you do have it it's kind of all you think about for like a good, a good few years it really is so don't think about it now yeah it will happen when it happens and that's absolutely fine and that and your body is going to do it when it's ready to do it and there's no normal time to start your when your body is at the right 
time, then it will come. That's a really, really awesome phrase to, to put at the end of this is it's never a normal time to start. No, that's the thing that stuck with me was I wasn't normal because I hadn't started. But actually, my body just wasn't ready until I was 17. My body, until it got to 17 years old, it was not ready to have a period. And yeah. now I know that's why I started so late. Because it wasn't until I had a 17-year-old body that it was like, oh, right, we've got everything in place to do this now. But before that, my body knew better than I did. And yeah. it was like, oh, I'm not ready yet. And your friends can do what they like, but I'm not ready yet. But that, that's the difference between your mind and your body. They're on two different paths. Totally. And my mind was told you're weird because you haven't started. And my body was saying, no, we're not ready. When, you're, when you get to a good place, then we'll do this. I think, that's a, I think that would, would hopefully be a really great comfort to some people that mm. it is never a normal time. And just because the shame and the, society expectate, the societal expectations are at a certain level does not mean that yeah. your body is ready or not ready for anything. As someone who owns a uterus, I feel like it's my duty to be in tune with my body. 100%, yeah. And I realise that now. Uh, like I've said, I, I take the pill and the pill that I'm on, I, don't, I only have one period every six months. So again, a lot of people say to me, oh, you're so lucky. Yes, I am. But I'm also taking hormones that affect me. I've got used to them now. And luckily, I don't have any uh, real side effects from taking the pill that I'm on. But that's a whole other topic in itself, like contraception and how that affects your periods. And, you know, I was saying to you the other day, when I do take my break, it's been six months since I last had a period. And sometimes it floors me because and I know that sounds silly and I feel really like stupid saying that like it I feel kind of I don't want to say that but it feels kind of pathetic saying that because it's like oh you only have a period once every six months like so what if it floors you it's only once every six months and I know that people and you especially are floored by it every month and that I can't imagine what that's like but it's a whole nother world if you're on a contraception that uh like deregulate your periods basically because yeah. that's something completely else completely new to get used to that's a contraception is a whole conversation in itself because we've talked about this before because i'm not i'm not in, on any contraception because it just yeah. has too much of a detrimental effect to my body no. i'm at a point now where i just think oh, i'm just i'm just not gonna bother yeah just let my body ride it out and we'll see what happens yeah but contraception is a whole other side of of periods and period poverty, which is totally where that lies as well, especially when people can't afford to go and have it. And exactly, people that don't live in the UK, contraception is a is a whole other world. When we already have to deal with the ridiculous amount of hormones that our body is producing that can have such an effect on us, and then to put another hormone in, you squash back down now because I don't. Yeah. Want you for a month so I'm going to have to give you this so you you shut up for a bit like yeah. how damaging that is and I also only found out last year that when I do take a break from my pill the period I have is like a uh like a pretend period it's actually not getting rid of an egg like I don't ovulate I didn't know that either I think that's a conversation that should be put in with the the education side of things like definitely yes you're going to have a period these are all of the things that could these are all of the complications that could happen while you're on a period yeah. and if you don't want to have your period every month or you would like to go on a contraception here are all the contraceptions 
and here is what the hormones do to you. It should yeah. be an application. Exactly. Crazy. Um, we've been going on for a really long time. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's been great. It's been such a good conversation. I've loved this. I can't wait to listen to it back. But let's end on the last, co- the last topic. Pads, tampons, cup. Pad, team pad over here. <laughs> Me too. So, <laughs> so are there any particular brands or uh, kind of pads that you really, really love? Yes, actually. I mean, as someone, I obviously don't need to buy mine too often with the pill that I'm on. Um, so when I do get them, I try very hard to, even though I am not a consistent user of the pads, I still want to make sure that I'm doing something good for the planet if possible. I just want to mention a brand that I really love and who I've worked with on my blog before. All of their pads are vegan and cruelty free. Um, no animals are hurt making them and they don't test on animals at all they're hypoallergenic which is something that's really important to me because I suffer with really bad eczema and I have had an allergic reaction yesterday I don't even know what it was to I have to be really careful so they're all hypoallergenic they're all fragrance free which is something I always look out for as well because that really really plays up especially down below and all the pads are made from 70% renewable materials and the plastic backing on the back of them is 50% renewable too and the little um, pouch that they come in is also recyclable and the building that they're made in even they've gone as far as to do this the building that they use to make them all in is powered by renewable energy and they have a zero waste tolerance so there is no waste when making them so it's a really fantastic brand it's one that you can subscribe to you can get a monthly box a bi-monthly box or a quarter yearly box and you can customize the box as to how you want it and they also do tampons which are 100% organic cotton as well so I just wanted to do a little mention to my freedom amazing amazing what a great company you've told me about them Um, many times but they haven't asked me to speak about it in this podcast I just wanted to mention a brand that I've really enjoyed using before and that's really good it's good for other people because I think I did know you when I found out how many plastic bags were in a pad and it just broke apart. I think it's really great to learn about and find out about brands that are are doing their bit I suppose. And also like it's important to talk about I also don't want to shame anybody who can't access these brands because I understand it's not for everybody it might not work for everyone and they can be more expensive than the typical brands we get in the supermarket so I just completely understand if that's not something that you can do but if it is then it's something to look into doing yeah it's, it's worthwhile if you can if you've got the additional funds it totally is and luckily a lot of so with Morrison's I found this out the other day Morrison's for example um as far as I'm aware as are the same all of this all of their products now are as eco-friendly as they can possibly get them yeah i've noticed a lot of uh, supermarket owned brands have gone cruelty free as well which is really good so it's just something to look out on on the label if you can sort of yeah. like do a quick scan of the back hopefully it'll be and generally own brand stuff's a lot cheaper than the, the morrison ones are the ones that we have in work and they're when i when i ha- don't have anything with me they're great yeah thank you rach for talking to me Oh, it's been wonderful, Luce. I'm going to go see you now for a coffee in real life. I love it. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, we're like, goodbye, see you in five minutes for a coffee. Thank you for having me on, it's been wonderful. Um, so where can people find you? So on my Instagram, it is at ravestyle underscore. If you love fashion, lifestyle, anything along those lines, I'm the one to follow. If you want to go over to my blog, it's rayofstyle.co.uk. I do a post every single week without fail. And if you want to go follow my YouTube channel, it's just Rachel Hatley on YouTube. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Rachel. I'm so chuffed. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I love talking about this so openly. It's wonderful. Let's get the sort of conversation started. Yeah, let's. Thank you, darling. You're welcome. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. What an incredible podcast. I have just listened back to that before I'm doing this outro. And my good Lord, we spoke about so many incredible things. Me and Rachel have got a really open relationship anyway. We have conversations about stuff like this all the time. And we're very honest and open with each other, which is why I really, really, really wanted to do this podcast. Um, Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you got something from it. I hope you found some kind of uh, connection with some of the things that we said. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. Honestly, it means the absolute world to me. Let's, uh, Let's get those posters up in schools, right? I think that's probably the next step. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.